Hello and welcome to the Sustainable Success Strategies show. This is your host Sonal Singhal and through this podcast I am on my mission of empowering people by introducing them to practical effective and innovative expert strategies to help them deal various life issues such as personal well-being relationships money career etc successfully and be able to create a life of their dreams do keep pen and paper ready to not miss any important points that can bring instant transformation in your lives while watching these informative talks now today i'm happy to introduce you to jonathan troyan who is a life mastery coach and co-founder of austin yoga tree jonathan rediscovered himself after spending 20 plus years in the music and entertainment industry and since then he is on his mission to help people find the joy within themselves so let's welcome jonathan to the show transition in your life from the entertainment industry to yoga and now as life mastery coach sounds very interesting to me so tell us what prompted within you to take the path of self discovery and become a facilitator to help others yeah well thank you so much it's it's so wonderful to be here uh you know it's it's an interesting journey so in the entertainment business and and look i remember i decided i wanted to be uh, at that point in radio which was my first career in the entertainment business i remember i i decided that i chose that when i was 13 years old and i remember i, I was having a bad day at school and i went home and then i turned on the radio and the dj said something funny i don't know what he said played a song i don't know what song but all of a sudden i had a smile on my face a smile on people's faces and i did that so i went into radio and that that journeyed into into an internet music company that broadcast concerts from all over the united states and then i started producing television shows and it it was it was a dream life on paper um but after a while especially after i did the the journey into television um I didn't feel the success on the inside even though I had done exactly what I wanted to do uh inside something still felt odd and empty and I didn't figure this out until much later I only know this looking back so my mission then was to help put a smile on people's faces like someone helped put a smile on my face. And what I did in the entertainment world was I uh, that's what I was doing. And, and and it was and the music stuff was great and people we'd get we get mail from all over the world about you know how they loved what we were doing and the effect that it was having. And only looking back do I now realize that all that was external changes. So I could create a show or I could do something and people watch it and yes they they experience joy. And this is nothing against the entertainment business. There is great music programming out there. There's great television programming out there. I watch TV. Um but what I do now is quite different. And one is I've learned to experience joy from the inside. So I create joy inside. I don't actually create it. It's already there. <laughs> all all the joy 
you want to experience in your life is inside of you right now. It's there. It's already there. You just need to learn to access it. So what do I do now? It's still helping get a smile on people's faces, but I, I help people find the joy that's inside of themselves. It's already here. I help them access that joy. So if things are good on the outside, hey, that's great. And then when things aren't great on the outside, there's still joy inside of you. It does not mean you're never sad. I'm sad. It does not mean you don't get angry or feel frustrated. Yeah, I do. But those things no longer negate that joy still exists here. So, so that, the, the, uh, you know, in the big scheme of th things, the transition is joy, smiles no longer come from the outside like they did with my 20 years in the entertainment business. Now we learn how to get them from the inside. It's like you don't have to please anybody. For happiness people pleasing is done people yeah. the people pleaser is one of the 13 saboteurs so in so i have a course called the self-love revolution right i teach yoga I, i coach people um you know with the life mastery coaching um but i created this program a few years ago called the self-love revolution which, which um takes you through all the tools that you need to really access the joy. And, and I bring it up because you mentioned the people pleaser. And in the course, we, we introduce you to the 13 saboteurs, the inner judge, the, uh, the perfectionist, right? Everything needs to be perfect. Nothing's perfect. It's just an excuse not to do things. And it's an excuse to work with the procrastinator where nothing gets done. And one of them is the people pleaser. So we are always on this search to how do we please other people? This is one of the 13 saboteurs. And then the people pleaser, some of them work in pairs. So the people pleaser um, is cousins of the victim because the people pleaser tries to make people happy. But then since we can't really please people, they don't, they don't give us the accolades we want. Well, look at all, all I did for you. Can't you acknowledge me and recognize everything I did, right? Can you relate to that experience? Yeah. So then the victim comes in and says, you know, screw them and, and woe is me and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and, and, you know, these are the conversations we have in our head. We have these nonstop conversations in our head. So part of this, part of the way to access the joy inside of ourselves is to, to change or at least add different conversations in our head. Like yesterday, I just sent, a, sent a, posted a, something yesterday um, about board meetings that we can have. You know, everyone has board meetings at, at the companies or the staff meetings at the companies. If you work for a company, you're doing your weekly staff meetings, right? Yeah. Or your board meetings. Um, but for us, for our own lives, very rarely are there check-ins. <laughs> So I recommend people have what I, I call, and I didn't make this up, but, but what I call board meetings with ourselves. And people go, what do you mean? I'm going to talk to myself? What, you want me to talk to myself? And I go, hey, you're already talking to yourself. You talk to yourself all the time. You talk to yourself with you. You talk to yourself with other people, right? How many times do you have a conversation with someone else in your head, except you didn't invite them there? They just showed up. And here you are having a conversation or maybe an argument or maybe that difficult conversation that you've been trying to have with them for, for weeks or months or years, but still haven't had yet. You still picture it in your head. 
So now I'm not saying uh, cancel those conversations. You can't, you can't necessarily force them out of the way. Your mind does its thing and things pop in your mind. And that's people, you know, we tell people, you know, just have a good thought, just think positively. You know, I don't play that game because um, it's very difficult to control the mind in that way. Things fall into the mind. However, you can add to it or switch. You can switch, go, oh, I'm having this conversation that I didn't ask for. What happens if I call upon a new conversation? Or what if I wake up in the morning and I say, hey, I'm going to have my board meeting. And then you invite in, instead of the 13 saboteurs, which are swirling around in your head, you invite in your inner guides, your inner power, your future self, the adventurer, the intuitive one, the one that, that ha- is all knowing, the child self, the one that, that still wants to have a good time in life. You know, I don't know, at, at some point you were told, stop having fun and get to work. So then we work really hard so that we can retire and have fun. <laughs> it's, not, it's crazy, so have fun now. So I recommend having board meetings with your inner guides. And the beauty of these board meetings you can invite anybody in the world you want to your board meeting. Yeah. So sometimes I invite Martin Luther King. Sometimes I invite Gandhi. Sometimes um, I'll invite people like Tony Robbins, mm-hmm. Brene Brown, Louise Hay, these, these, these great teachers. Uh, and, uh, and sometimes I invite some of my old teachers. I invite my yoga teachers to them, you know, my, my people that have physically guided me in this journey. And you have access to the wisdom of the world, living or dead. You're right. You you, you wanna you wanna invite invite Jesus or or Brahma or, or any. You can you can invite all these people. You wanna invite the Buddha? Invite the Buddha's come to mind. He's he's not a regular, although I, I'd like to make him a regular. But uh, but you have access to the wisdom of the world. You just need to invite them in, and then ask your question. And then. You can imagine there's a table there or or maybe, you know, maybe you're outdoors at, at a picnic or wherever. But imagine there's a circle of you. And you get to go around and say, here, here, here's the issue at hand, just like you would do with the staff meeting. You know, give me the update and what's the issue? What are some of the solutions? So go around, get the update. How's everybody feeling about the company? What's the company? You. Your life. And then get some feedback. What's missing? What's going well? What can we do better? Two of the greatest questions. They have to be asked in conjunction, right? What is going well? What can be done better? And then take some advice from the people who who hold the wisdom of the world. You have access to it. So that's how how you deal with the people pleaser. Yes, we spend our lives people pleasing. No, you don't need to do that anymore. You need to please yourself. taught in our schools that not to fail you know failure is bad this is what we are we are taught but with time we are understanding the important role of failure in our lives so could you please elaborate to our viewers on how one should take failure in their lives based on your own experience so the problem with what we were taught is they lied to us now, we blame is one of the 13 saboteurs. We can't blame them. They really did the best they could do with the information they had. And I believe they did it lovingly with care for us. 
and they didn't teach us correctly, right? When I went to school, they taught me Pluto was a planet. They taught me that that the protons and electrons were the smallest uh, 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 I don't know, particles, whatever, the smallest things that existed. They believed it. And they were not truthful. Pluto is no longer a planet. And we know there are neutrinos and things that are smaller than protons and electrons. And maybe there's smaller stuff than that. I, I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I want to be clear. But they taught us things that today we know are not true. Well, that's the same with don't fail. It's the same with the equation that they taught us. They taught us this equation that said, work hard. If you work hard for long enough, you'll be successful. And if you're successful for long enough, then you'll be happy. Now, this is where the midlife crisis comes because you did the work. You did what they said. You worked hard. You even became successful. You climbed the ladder. You got successful. I mean, this is what I did in the entertainment world. I climbed the ladder. I was making great money. I lived three blocks from the beach. Life was awesome on paper, except I was still beating myself up on the inside. The reverse equation is true. Be happy. When you are happy, you're successful because isn't that why you're working so hard in the first place? So that you can be happy about it? So now you're successful because you got what you wanted. And when you're successful, then it's just easy to work hard. It's easier for me to work hard than when I was you know, struggling working you know, for other people and trying to people please and, and make sure I got it done right. Now it's just easy to work hard and to welcome the mistakes the failures that you talk about. You point to one successful person. Anyway, you pick them. I, I don't pick the successful people that you think are the most successful in the world. And then you show me that they got there without failure. None of them. I don't care whether they're the tech giants, you know, like Elon Musk right now, or, or the Steve Jobs or the Bill Gates. Failures. Failures all over the place, um, you know, the political realm, failures, tons of people, you know, uh, you know, people often in the United States anyway, will point to someone like President Lincoln, who, who was one of our great presidents, but, but he, he lost elections more often than he won elections, for example. Failure is important. If you resist failure, you cannot achieve success. You can't, because if you, if you fight failure, if you want to ensure that you will never fail, you will not take the chances necessary for success. Necessary. You cannot do it. You have to open the door to failure so that you can achieve success. Now it's true, you might fail. Feels like crap. Then you got to go inside, build yourself up. Not getting the accolades from the outside, the people pleasing, waiting for someone else to say, hey, Jonathan, good job. That's what I lived for the, you know, the first, you know, decade. Hey, I was waiting for the Jonathan, good job. You know what I do every day now? Every day I do this. I look in the mirror and I say, Jonathan, good job. I review my day and some days really are fantastic, amazing. And some days, okay, didn't go as well as planned. Yet, yet things did go well. 
Because every day is a mixture of things that went exactly how you wanted them to, mixed with things that didn't go how you wanted them to. Every single day. It's a mixture. Some more of one, more successes, fewer failures, some are more failures, fewer successes. But every day has a mixture of that. Every day, I look myself in the eyes and I say, good job. You showed up. You did the work. And this way, I get my rewards from me. I don't, I don't wait for someone else. And therefore, if I fail, it's okay because I say, Jonathan, you failed. I've got your back. Or if we have a friend that fails, what do we do? We say, it's okay, I got your back. Well, we need to start doing that for ourselves. Yeah, you failed. I got your back. And now let's together, you and me, which is me and me, right? But, but let's together, our inner guides, me, let's together say, why did this happen for me? What can I learn from this? And how can I show up tomorrow to ensure that I can continue to contribute into the world. Please fail. Everybody, please, 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 please fail so that we all can enjoy your success. Yes. <laughs> so, Jonathan, uh, uh, topic of your talk is on self-love. And you say that most of us are mean to ourselves uh, as we seek love from outside. So what do you mean by that, that we are mean to ourselves? And also, what is wrong in seeking love and approval of others? All right, so two, two very different questions. I'll answer them both. So first, I was my biggest bully. I used to have conversations with myself that when you know, kind of like, Jonathan, you suck. Jonathan, you'll never be able to get that done. That's a dumb idea. Jonathan, why did you do that? Jonathan, why didn't you do that? Jonathan, oh, you did it. And even if it went well, even if it went well, I still go, well, it could have been better. Man, we're bullies. I mean, does that resonate with you? Did you hear what I'm saying? Did you, have you had those conversations with yourself? Yes. We are mean to ourselves. And we complain when other people are mean to us, as we should. Other people shouldn't be mean to us. But here's the thing. When you stop being mean to yourself, other people stop being mean to you. And I'm not saying there's not the incidences where someone, you know, there's violence and people do a violent act. I'm not talking talking about that. There are things that happen. I, and I understand that. So the, I get, get the generalization of this. But those that talk meanly to you on a regular basis, when you, when you start talking kindly to yourself, when you change your relationship with yourself, when you become your best friend, one of two things happen. The people around you change because they're not going to treat you any worse than you treat yourself. So when you start honoring yourself, they start honoring you. Now, the other thing could also happen where they leave your life or you leave their life, right? <laughs> yeah. If they can't change, if they're going through whatever they are in this journey that they chose for themselves here, if, if, if change is impossible in their relationship with you, then that relationship whether it's romantic, whether it's friendship, whether it's business, whatever it is, it will, it will end because either they will leave or you will leave. 
because you will not put up with someone being meaner to you than you are to yourself. So that's kind of the guide there. That's why we have to change the conversation with ourselves. We're so focused on changing the other person. Be nicer to me. And then the, I'm doing all these great, I'm the people pleaser, be nice to me. When what we really need to do is change the conversation with ourselves. When that changes, the people around us change. Now, now I'm trying to remember the other question you had the there. The question what? is, what is wrong in seeking love and approval of others? Nothing, nothing. Uh, we all need the love from others. We are wired for connection. And when your happiness and joy depend on it. So if I, I'm great friends with you and you give me so much love and affection that I'm really grateful for. But one day you're gone. Either maybe you die or maybe our lives just then begin to take different paths and you're no longer there for me. What do I do? Now I'm no longer happy because I don't have you telling me what a great person I am. And look, in this you know, here in the United States anyway, and I know similar things happen around the world, but you know, I, I have to share from my perspective here. So in 2008, we, we had a big economic crash here in the United States. And many people got their sense of self-worth from the amount of, of money they had in their bank. And then the, the, what that did, the money obviously didn't do anything, but other people saw value in that person because there was a lot of money in their bank account. Now, this is not against money. I'm very pro money. Money allows you to do something, some great things in life. However, for many, their identity was wrapped up in this. So when the money vanished, their whole self-worth vanished. And some of them took their own lives jumped out of buildings because all of their self-worth came from external places. So there's nothing wrong with seeking love from others, but you will, are setting yourself up for failure. Now, okay, failure is good and you can learn from it. Great. But you're setting yourself up for great difficulty if you are relying on that external validation to live a joyous life. Validate yourself. Love yourself. And when you validate yourself, when you love yourself, it's going to be easier for those others to give to you because you're not clinging to it so much. You're not relying on it so much. You're not the, this little ball of, I need you, I need you, I need you. No, I got me. Do you want to join this beautiful bubble and experience that I am holding here? Come and join me. And then there's a corollary to this. I had someone in one of my group coaching sessions um, here and they said, well, if we're all supposed to love ourselves and, and all the love we need is inside of us, because at the beginning I said, all the joy you want is inside of you. Well, all the love you need is also inside of you right now, right this moment. So they said, if all, if all the love is inside of me and I'm supposed to love myself, well, why do I have to show it to others? It is your responsibility to show love to others for a variety of reasons. One is they don't know what you know right now. 
they don't know that they're supposed to get validation from themselves, that they're supposed to get love from themselves because they're still listening to what they were trained, what you brought up at the beginning and how we were taught and trained and failure's bad and we need to people please and all that, they still believe that. So until they learn differently, we want them to still live a joyous life. So it is our responsibility to create a safe space for them and to treat them lovingly. When we all love ourselves also, it is easier to love other people, to share that, because we're not worried so much if we'll get it back. And I'm not saying it goes away at all, especially if we're in, in, in you know, romantic relationships, marriage relationships, and those kind of things. We want it back. But the more we hold it within ourselves, the less we cling to it, and the more we're able to give. Love unconditionally without needing to get it back. That's a different kind of love. So, yes, we can seek love and connection with others. We can seek offering it. Offer more than you receive. Try to, because if you do that, you'll probably get more than you give. Yeah. But try to offer more than you're receiving. Do it unconditionally. Don't do it. Well, I'm going to love you so you love me back. I'm going to give you this so that you give me something uh, emotionally or, 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 or materialistically in return. I'm just going to give to you. When you love yourself, your experience with others changes. You receive love more easily. You offer love more easily. And yes, we are wired for love and connection with others. And you have to seek that. You have to be a part of it and you have to give it. Very nice. Um, your latest creation is a self-love revolution about which you have mentioned a little bit, but uh, I want to know more about it, what it is. It is the most powerful work that I practice myself and that I've created. And, and yes, I teach yoga, you know, it's 3000 years old. I mean, it, yoga is so powerful or more than 3000. I think the sutras are 3000, but it existed before then. Um, and all, all the other work I've done um, has transformed me. But this work of self-love and the self-love revolution um, is what I practice every day. What I found when I was going through this transformation, or I didn't even know I was going, I shouldn't say that because I had no idea I was going through a transformation, but I was trying to figure out what was wrong, that, that, that I had succeeded in living the life of my dreams, the life that I, I, I had written out on paper, but still was my biggest bully and still therefore not showing up with joy. I, I, I tried to figure out what was wrong with me and what I could change. And I found lots of different places for information. So I found the school of take massive action. And it's a great, I, I take massive action. I, I learned it, I teach it, and, and it's important. Um, but it was, there was still emptiness there. Um, I taught, I, I, I learned about gratitude, right? Daily gratitude, really important. And, and to be clear, folks, it's not about gratitude. It's about creating a positive emotional state so that you can create the change in your life. Most of us live in a negative emotional state. Most You have 70,000 thoughts a day. Uh, uh, 50,000 of them are the same as you had yesterday. And, and most of those are the same. 
Same thoughts today that you have today you had yesterday. So it's just about switching that. They're mostly negative. So you need to create a positive emotional state for yourself so that you can create change in your life that will last. So I learned the gratitude school. Um, I learned about the inner critics that we spoke about, the 13 saboteurs, the 13 inner critics. I learned about the inner team. I learned about forgiveness, but they were all in different places. So there was the massive, massive action over here. And, and, and there was the forgiveness over here and gratitude here. And, and then the, this practice of self-love, really looking in the mirror going, I love you. And that was over there. And then, and I said, I, I kind of went crazy. I don't know what to do. I got to follow this person, that person, this, this person, and, 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 and watch all these things and take all these courses. Because if you just look in the mirror and say, I love you, and you're not doing anything, that doesn't work either. It really doesn't. You got to show up and do something. And of course, to do that before you have a gratitude practice, well, that doesn't work. Because I tried, I did self-love before gratitude, and I'm like, well, that doesn't work because I discovered I didn't like myself. I didn't know it before I tried it. But like, well, I don't like myself. Well, now what do I do? I can't just look at the mirror and lie to me. I love you, John. I couldn't do the first time I tried to say I love you, it was like this. I looked in the mirror. Okay, I got. I, I watched a video. It said, you know, look in the mirror and say I love you, and that will change your life. And I, I look in the mirror. I go, Jonathan. I. That's an exact quote. I could not look myself in the eyes. I could not say the words. Now I can do it, Jonathan. I love you. Easy. I say. I could be in the airport. I look in the mirror. I say I love you. I'm in the bathroom at a friend's place. I look in the mirror. I look up. Oh, mirror. I love you, Jonathan easy peasy but i had to create other stuff first i had to get my inner team on my side i i didn't know who they were i didn't know my future self my future self he's the good spirit i didn't know him now he helps me i didn't know gratitude i didn't know forgiveness so what the self-love revolution is is it took it all and it put it together in one place meet your inner guides know your saboteurs and where they came from and, and how to, to um, be lovingly with them. Because when you try and fight them, psh, they're stronger than you are. Your fighting them gives them fuel, which makes them stronger, and then they fight back at you. And you, we've all done this. We, we fight with the voices in my head, and then they get louder and louder until I can't stand it anymore. And at that point, either you turn up the music really loud so you can't hear anything. That's what I did as a kid. I'd go to concerts, I'd turn my music up loud. Or you go to the bar and get a drink, or you turn on the TV so you don't hear the voices anymore because you can't do it anymore. Well, this changes that relationship. You learn really what gratitude is, and it's not just gratitude. You learn about creating a positive emotional state. You learn the deep work of forgiveness. You learn self-love, self-compassion. You learn how to be your own best friend. Your own best friend. You create a new relationship with money. So money is now your friend. It's not the root of all evil. Or what are people going to think of me if I have a lot of money, right? You know, we get into this weird thing. We don't want to be poor because people think I'm poor and we don't want that. And then, so we want a lot of money, but well, what are people going to think of me all of a sudden if I have a lot of money? So then we get, we just get stuck in this weird thing because we have a weird relationship with it because of what we what we were taught. And, and basically what the self-love revolution is, is it's, it's rewiring your subconscious programming so that you can have good relations with yourself, with money, with failure, with all of it. And then we learned how to take 
what I call inspired action. And yes, the massive action game is a part of it, but it's not just massive action. It's inspired because it, it comes from you and your inner guides. And it's not based on what's going to make that person happy. It's not living on the values of your parents, your teachers, of the marketing people, buy the new iPhone and buy the new car and buy this because that's going to make you happy. It's based on what comes from inside of you. It's a powerful class. It's a powerful immersion into changing, reprogramming your subconscious beliefs in changing your relationship with yourself so that you can show up in the world more powerfully and get the relationships, get the health, get the success, however you define it, inclusive of money, though not exclusive to money. And you can have all of it. It was the missing ingredient. I had all the pieces, but still not happy. Self-love was the missing ingredient that no one taught you. They taught you to please others, not yourself. So that's what the self-love revolution is. It gives you the missing ingredient to have a truly, holy, completely successful life filled with joy and happiness and to be clear, filled with sadness and sorrow. They go together. You no longer have to, have to fight your sadness. You will be sad. I don't wish a life with no sadness to anyone because what would you be if you had no sadness? So it holds space for the difficulties you will face and celebrates the joys that you have and that you are creating. And you have success starting today. So I, I, I hope you'll consider joining it. Really, the self-love revolution. You can find it at selfloverevolution.com or you know, find me, email me. Uh, there's nothing more powerful that I've ever done myself, nothing more powerful that I've ever taught. So it's like, uh, is it available like anytime? I mean, we can access the videos or what is it? I mean, or how many days? Uh... Yeah, I mean, right now, I, I, I've taught the class here in person. At, 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 um, I say here, I'm, yeah. I'm at our yoga mindfulness center here. Everybody's watching. So we taught, I taught it here in person. That's how it started. And then, and then some people couldn't make it. They said, can you put it online for me? So it took me a few years, but eventually I put it online. So yes, we have a, a course that's online. You can sign up. It, it's set up to do weekly if you can, but, but it's at your own pace. And um, it includes uh, monthly meetings that we get together in community because you will have questions. You can't really go through it on your own. You, 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 need, you need some guidance and help, as, as did I. Uh, I mean, I shouldn't say it. You can, you can do it on your own. You can. Uh, it's just going to take a lot longer. But you, you can do it on your own. Um, it's helpful to have community. It's helpful to have someone guide you through your questions. So on these meetings, something comes up. We coach you. You have a problem. I coach you. I coach you through it. Yes, it's in front of the group and you get learning from it. They get learning from it. And when they're being coached, you get learning from it because a lot of our issues, the fear of failure, um, 
the fear of fear, um, the all the people pleasing that you talk about, all of it. We you know we all run into, into these issues. You know, on yesterday's call, there was someone. You know, she called herself a, uh, an aspiring children children's author, and we had to dig into that because. As long as you are an aspiring children's author, you will always be inspiring. And she even said it; she she'd been inspired, aspiring for 20 years. And I said, as long as you call yourself aspiring, you will be. So, so what is it? And it wasn't just removing the word; we had to figure out why the word was there. We had to dig into it, and 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 we spent time digging down deep into her, peeling off the layers of the onion. And she's no longer an aspiring child's author, children's author. She's a children's author. Now we agree that at this point she is unpublished. We can't say she's a published children's author. That that is true, but she's a children's author. Yeah. Because when you claim it on Amazon, <laughs> say that again. I'm saying that she can publish on Amazon. You know, it's free. Yeah, but, but first she needs to write it. First she needs to claim <laughs> I am an author and write it. And then, and then when we get the yeah, self-publish, publish for someone else, all of that, yeah, it's easy. It, it's so easy these days to publish, but you have to claim that that's what you do. Claim that that's what you do. Uh, so, so anyway, so yes, so the course is on demand. You you have guidance. We get together and we talk about it, and we 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 guide you through your difficulties, um, and we guide you through your successes, and we celebrate each other for successes. And people come and say, "Hey, here's the success I had this week." And it's beautiful to gather together uh, in community in this way. Um, so, so it's powerful. The course is powerful. The community is powerful. And and I welcome. I so welcome you uh, to join us. Um, you know, yes, it costs to join us. If 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 uh, if it, you don't have the ability to pay, just email me. We'll give you a scholarship. This isn't. This is about loving and self love. No one. No one gets turned away. Nobody gets turned away. So reach out. We'll make it happen for you, uh, so that you can show up in the world and give back. Because people are waiting for you to show up. That's why what, what we spoke about with this person, uh, your children's author. People are waiting for you. She shared her ideas and was so moving to all of us. Uh, we were all moved, and it's like the children need you. Stop hiding. We need you. And that's what I say to, to all of you. Stop hiding. The world needs you to show up. Yeah, all of this. And uh, okay, so next thing. So, some of the most of the coaches I'm meeting, including myself, uh, are making a career transition these days. You know, I, I used to wonder when I was working that what is wrong with me because you know I, I don't know if you are aware that I'm I was a, I'm a civil engineer, not was because I quit my job. And that I mean I I used to think like what is wrong with me because I got everything, but deep within me I was not happy. And now, now not everyone can take the path that we have taken. You know, so what changes one can bring in their daily busy schedule, so that at the end of the day they feel happy and content. Your life is made up of the daily habits that you have, and if you don't think you have habits, you are wrong. You have habits, you just don't know what they are. So I used to have this habit. I alluded to it a little bit before, but I used to have this habit of at the end of the day I would review my day, and I would pick out everything that went wrong, 
and I would dwell on it. I'd sit there, brush my teeth, and I'd look in the mirror, and I'd go, well, you screwed that up, and you screwed that up, and you screwed that Even when things were good, right? I, I was interviewing the biggest stars in the world. I was, this is what I wanted to do. I was meeting my idols, the people you go, you know, well, who'd you want, who would you want to meet or have dinner with or something? And I was there meeting these people. And at the end of the day, I'd go, oh, well, you shouldn't have asked that question or you should have asked that question and you didn't or, or you stumbled over a word. <laughs> you know, I beat myself up for stumbling over a word, right? Now, go, go, you know, play this recording again and find all the words I stumbled over. There are tons of them. I, I can bet you that only you can find that. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. So, so we pick. No one else would notice any of these things that I would say were failures. But, but man, they were huge to me. And then I'd start reviewing things that happened yesterday and the day before and last year and five years ago and ten years ago and twenty years ago. And we're beating ourselves up for all these things. Things that happened twenty years ago, still beating ourselves up. Well, we can't be happy this way. Then we go to bed. Then we wake up and then we sleep with all those thoughts. And, and we wake up in the morning and we had a horrible sleep because we had all these thoughts. And, and then we go, oh, great. Now I have to face another horrible day of failures. So now I have a new habit. It doesn't matter how minuscule the success was that day. Jonathan, great job. And I acknowledge, right? So if I had, if I did something nice with my son, I say, Jonathan, you know, you were a great dad with your son in that moment. And I picture the moment or I'll say, Hey, Jonathan, you showed up for the, this really cool interview with Sono and, and, you know, you, you shared yourself. Good job. Um, every, whatever you want, you are the plants. I used to be a plant killer. Uh, uh, now if I water a plant, that's a celebration at the end of the day. So I just review everything. It's not that I ignore the other things. I go, okay, these are the failures that I had. What can I learn? What can I do better? And then I let it, then I stop dwelling. Then that is done. And I spend most of my time observing the successes. You do that, change that one habit, just the one habit, your whole life will change. Because now I do that. I go to bed happy. I also have a forgiveness practice that I do. So I have this whole forgiveness practice that I do. So I don't hold on to these new wounds. I have, I have a deeper forgiveness practice that, that clears out some of the old stuff from 10, 20 years ago. It's longer meditation, but, but new, new wounds form every day or can. So I have a daily practice. So, so I do this practice of reviewing my day of having some gratitude and, and then I have my forgiveness practice. So then I go to sleep. I'm good. I have a great sleep. And then I wake up the next morning with gratitude and joy and forgiveness. And I'm feeling great. So, you know, you, can, you can't necessarily do them all at once. You know, okay, do you rather to do this? Review your day. You want one thing? Review your day. And then have your back. Tell yourself, own, own the successes and own the good job that you did for those successes your whole life will change and transform. Wow, these words you said may sound simple, but I am sure if applied, can make one's life extraordinary. I had a great time conversing with you, Jonathan, and learned a lot on the importance of self-love. And I'm sure there are a lot of takeaways for our listeners too from this talk. I request whoever listens to this talk to let me know what you like the most about this interview by sending me a voice note or personal message 
on my Facebook profile. Now, it's time to bid adieu. Keep listening to Sustainable Success Strategies. Stay fit and fine. Bye.